Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've been talking about unwrapping contentment lately. And we've had a present each week. Today we have a big one. How does unwrapping go at your house? Do you guys just tear into everything all at once? Is it just like pile of presents and, you know, everybody just gets their their presents and everybody rips them open all at once? At our house, we're systematic about this. Youngest to oldest, oldest to youngest. Sometimes we switch just for the sake of it. And you have to watch while other people open one present at a time, rotating through the entire family. I love it. Not everybody in my family loves it. I have one son who particularly complains about it every year, probably for the last decade, but we do it anyway. So, this looks very nice. Not sure how the unwrapping should be done. I don't even know how to tie a bow that looks like that. Tried a couple times with my wife's presents. They never look like that. And she can't wrap her own present. That would just be wrong. Did you know the song, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, isn't actually talking about merry gentlemen? It's actually talking about rest. Um, It's actually saying, you you gentlemen can rest. Rest you merrily is the idea. You get to rest merrily. God, rest you. Mary, rest you merrily, gentlemen, because of what Jesus has done. Because the Savior of the world was, in fact, born came, lived, died, and rescued us. Because God does hold a beachhead in this world. Because God did establish a place where we might connect with him. Just a story. I thought I'd share while I was unwrapping. Don't you like the big presents? You know, you, you, you go and you, you usually sort of sort presents by size, right? And you go, you start with the big ones, especially when you're little. Sometimes as you get older, you recognize that awesome things can come in little tiny packages. And so, you know, sometimes you wait a little and you, you, you'll start with a littler one. When I was little, uh, small packages were usually soft and they contained socks. Sometimes underwear. 
Unwrapping is like unveiling a secret, isn't it? It's been hidden. Somebody else placed it there, put it in a box, wrapped it up. You, it, it's, not a, it's not a completely hidden secret because they put in infestive things and you get a chance to see it and anticipate it. Um, I, I have one of my, one of my uh, uh, new children. You know, you get new children as your kids marry. Well, look at that. That's awesome. And one of my new children is a package shaker. Don't put anything delicate in one of those packages without some protection. Are any of you package shakers? You go under the tree and you find the ones with your name on them. You shake them, kind of try to figure out what they are. Yeah, see? See, some of you are willing to admit it. Not all of you are willing to admit it, but some of you are sneaking out there in the middle of the night shaking packages. And you just hope something doesn't go clink in there that wasn't supposed to go clink. I don't know how that broke, honey. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Now, there's a cool secret, don't you think? That Christ in you gives you assurance of the amazing possibilities of his glory. In you. Christ in you. Hmm. You know, Adam and Eve walked with God, right? Bible says that he came in the cool of the day and walked with them. That Adam and Eve had a regular relationship where they were connected with God on a daily basis. They walked with him. They talked with him. They just hung out with him. Wouldn't that be cool? Would you like to do that? You know, that's the attempt for, from God's side of this, this equation, from God's side of this relationship, is for you and I to get back to the place where we walk with him, we hang with him, we do, do stuff with him regularly. Adam and Eve had a face-to-face relationship with they, where they walked with God until there was that incident with the tree and the snake and the fruit, and that kind of messed everything up. You know what's amazing? It messed everything up on their side of the ledger. But God showed up the morning after they sinned. Go read it. It's in, it's, it's in, it's in Genesis chapter 3. God showed up the morning after they sinned, offering to walk with them that day. They were hiding. He was seeking. And we've kind of been doing that ever since. Did you know that Enoch walked with God? The Bible says Enoch walked with God. One preacher said Enoch walked with God and um, and they finally had been walking so long, God said, we're closer to my house than yours. Let's just go there. Hebrews says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. It seems that even after sin, we can walk very, very closely with God. Wouldn't that be amazing? To be walking with God and one day just go home. That's still what he's been wanting for us the whole time. That we would just walk together. That we would just be together. You know, when God finally picked a people and that group of people became a nation, he said to their leader, Moses, the 
the Lord spoke to Moses. And if you look, this says Exodus 25, 1 through 8, like uh, 2 through 7 are missing. But it's just a bunch of descriptions about what the offering they'll take. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Let them make me a sanctuary. I love this phrase from God's lips. That I may dwell with them. You know what's crazy about this? Is that they, he, they build this sanctuary for God. And in the back, it's, it's this big, expansive sort of yard out front. And that's, it's huge. The yard, the portion outside out front is really, really big. And in the midst of that yard, they built this sort of uh, rectangular tent-like sub, sub thing. It wasn't really a tent, but tent-like. And, and the front of that was a large rectangle that was pretty spacious and cool and had furnishings and various things in it and lights and stuff. And then in the back of that, so you've got the exterior expanse, then you've got the interior models. And in the back of that last piece, there's a cubicle. And it's, it's cube-shaped. Every side, every direction, it's the same size. And in that little box, that little square cubicle, God placed himself. God chose to put himself in a box so that he could be close to his kids. He came. He wrapped himself up in a little box so that he might dwell with his children, be as close as he possibly could get. Adam and Eve walked with him. Enoch walked with him. And finally, when no one else was paying attention, he decided, I'll just come be as close as I can to them. You know, maybe if I get close, they'll hear me. Maybe if I'm there, maybe if I'm in their midst, they'll want to connect with me. That I might dwell with them. (laughs) And then Jesus came. Wow. You talk about an amazing gift. All the power of heaven and earth. Wrapped up inside a little baby. It came from Amazon. Look at that. Do <laughs> you ever guess by the box? You look at the box and you kind of go, well, Amazon sells a lot of stuff. Jesus walked among us. I love the way John says it. And the word became flesh and dwelt. Do you know why I like that word, dwelt? Because what did God say? What did he say when he built that sanctuary, when he built that building? He said, let me... Oh my, I hope it's not fragile. Didn't sound like anything broke. Don't, don't lose where I was. He said that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Did you catch what we just passed he said, look, I, I, want to, I want you to build me a sanctuary so that I might dwell with them. And then when it became time for that to go away, when the building wasn't enough anymore, he came in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. We finally got to see what was inside the box. We finally got to see what was inside the package. We finally got to open it because there was Jesus inside. Nobody's talking. Glory. 
We've been talking about how we might unwrap contentment for a few weeks. And we've kept saying the same thing. I don't know if you've caught on to that. We keep saying the secret of contentment is finding Jesus. The voice of Jesus that is specific to you, that is, that is needed by you. The voice of Jesus as it might best be heard by you. Whether it's a, a wonderful counselor. Whether it's an everlasting father. The prince of peace. The mighty God. That, that there's a specific version of Christ for you today. No matter where you are no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, that He came in the flesh and dwelt with us to meet our needs. Because He keeps coming back offering the same, same experience, right? He keeps coming back saying, I want to be with you. I want to dwell with you. You keep hiding. He keeps seeking. You keep hiding. He keeps seeking. You're, you're out there. You think you have the place behind the redwood tree. You, 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 you have the hiding place and God keeps coming. He walks behind the tree and says, I, 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 I see you. I, I know where you're hiding. Come on, let's walk. And for most of us, we keep playing hide and seek. When Jesus arrived on planet Earth... He arrived <coughs> with an announcement. Not, a, not the kind of announcement that we might expect. There wasn't a huge announcement with trumpets and horns and people everywhere. And Jesus arrived with an announcement, an announcement of what his name would be. He, he will be called Jesus. Joseph, name your child Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's Yeshua. It's the, the Old Testament Joshua name. Anglicized to become Jesus, our Savior. But he will also be called Emmanuel. God with us. Adam and Eve walked with God. God was with them. Enoch walked with God. God was with him. Israel had a tabernacle and inside it in a little cubicle in the back was God. God with them. And then came Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I know I've repeated this to you several times, but I, I, I just think it's the best of all pictures. Do you, you ever seen Aladdin? You know the story of Aladdin. Oh, somebody erupted it bubble wrap so that if I knocked it off it wouldn't get broken. You, you know the story of Aladdin, right? There's that, it's this, this fanciful tale from the, uh, from the Arabian Nights. It's not K-N, by the way. That's just N-I-G-H-T Nights. And, and the story is told of this, this magic carpet and this genie and all that business. And Do you remember the end of the story? The cartoon version. I, I, I've never read the other one. The cartoon was enough for me. At the end of the cartoon, Robin Williams is the, uh, the voice of, the, of Aladdin's genie, and he's getting beaten up by a stronger, more powerful genie. And as this thing is just going on, and you think, oh no, 
This is it. They're going to be defeated. You can watch, and they just, everything they try is failing, and they, they can't do it. And over and over again, as you're, you're wishing during this long closing scene that they're going to win, they look like they're going to lose. And over and again and over and again, it keeps happening. And finally, there's that moment when somebody, the light comes on for Aladdin. Aladdin wins by his wits mostly, and the light comes on for him. You remember, remember this scene? Maybe you haven't seen the cartoon. Go, 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 go ahead and go see the cartoon. You know, it's cheap on Netflix, I'm sure. You just watch the last five minutes if all, if, if all you do is catch this piece. This, this big thing is raging, and Aladdin realizes that he knows the secret of genius. And this, this big, powerful genie is wreaking havoc. And Aladdin pulls the cap on a little lamp. And it's like a vacuum has gone on. And this huge, powerful genie... And he pops the, the stopper back in it. And there's the, there's the line. That's the line you have to remember. That's the line. It's awesome cosmic power. Little tiny carrying case. Every time I think about the God who created the universe taking on the flesh of a human baby, that's what I think about. Awesome cosmic power omniscient power omnipotent power awesome cosmic power little tiny carrying case six pounds what's the average baby maybe seven pounds you got you you got your above average I guess 12 pounder or 10 pounder once in a while those are unusual those are tough on moms but the normal babies, I've already, seven pounds, seven and a half pounds, you know, so big. Completely dependent. The God of the universe, completely dependent on these people for survival. Amazing. Awesome cosmic little tiny carrying case amazing the god of the universe god with us not riding in on some spectacular glorious throne In a trough. Awesome cosmic power. Trough. It's almost a constant with God that He turns the tables on everything we think. The God of the universe would fit in that. I was trying to think about how to say this, and so here's what I came up with. Emmanuel, God with us. The body of man became the sanctuary of God. 
Let that sit with you for a second. Before you're reading ahead. Stop reading ahead. The body of a human being. First, just a tiny little one. The body of a human being became the sanctuary of God. The physical frame became the veil between man and God. Not a veil in a, in a building anymore. Not a veil that was there separating the most holy from the holy. But the physical frame, skin and flesh, became that veil of separation between man and God. And that veil became the point of most intimate contact with our long lost Father. Did you ever pay attention to what goes on inside that sanctuary business? Have you ever noticed it? There's that, there's that interesting process there where, where a, uh, a lamb is slain and the blood is captured and it's taken inside and it's kind of a weird non, non-21st century sort of ritual, right? And they go inside and they sprinkle a little here and they sprinkle a little there and stuff is done with it. It's all very ritualistic. Do you know what the last thing they do with it is? You see, there's a veil between man and God. It's, it's a literal curtain material. Don't forget that. It's a it's curtain. They take a little of the blood, the last bit, in the bottom of the little basin, and they sprinkle it on the veil. And the blood soaks through the veil into the presence of the Father, creating by the power of the blood the ultimate intimate connection and contact. Lost in the garden. Gained back by Jesus. The body that he took became the veil. And that veil, that body became the place of most intimate contact with our lost father. For God, in all of his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. This is a first child of a young mom. You know, it might be easier to explain if, if he was the fifth or sixth. Do you know you get better? As you, as you have more kids, if you're a first child, on behalf of all of your parents, I'm sorry. None of us knew what we were doing. You're kind of an experiment. You didn't come with a manual. We're just kind of winging it. One of my friends said that first children are like first pancakes. You should throw them out. <laughs> At least that didn't happen to you. So you can be thankful for that. God of the universe took, took the body of a human, tiny little baby, handed it over to a first-time mommy. He was pleased to live in Christ. 
Emmanuel, God with us, the miracle, the majesty that it's Christmas. God in human flesh. Phenomenal. The body of a man became the sanctuary of God. The physical frame became the veil because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. So the Son also became flesh and blood. We needed him to be, so he did. He arrived offering a relationship with us that we couldn't reach. He was just too far for us. We were too broken, too sinfully culturalized and messed up. We couldn't reach him. So he reached us. Emmanuel, God with us, the body of man became the sanctuary of God. The physical frame became the veil, and that veil. It was like us, and so we understood. That veil became the point of most intimate personal contact. Contact. You, you understand Jesus better than you understand the Holy Spirit, right? You understand Jesus better than you understand the Holy Father, right? The, the Heavenly Father. He, he seems too far, too much out of reach, too different. But because Jesus became a man, that veil of the body, that human flesh became a point of intimate contact between him and us. And he made peace with everything in heaven and on the earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Undeniably laced together, inextricably bound to one another are the manger and the cross. Those realities are the things we have to be so thankful for this Christmas. Emmanuel. God with us. Crazy. Who would come up with such an idea? The angels must have thought God was out of his mind. They must have, I would have tried to talk him out of it. You, you, you do realize what you're proposing here is that, is that you, you put yourself in the hands of one of those people, right? You, you understand who you're dealing with, right? You, you, you've, you've seen what they do to each other, right? You've seen what happens to the children, right? You're proposing to be placed in the hands of of some people. And then when the, when the story really began to unfold and he told them which person, a carpenter who seems to be barely getting along and his newly pubescent wife. Really, God? That's how you want to do this. And he said... I asked them to have faith in me. Let me prove that I have faith in them. 
the body of man became the sanctuary of God. The physical frame became the veil. And that veil that veil became the point of intimate contact with our long lost Father. Emmanuel. God with us. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. For this purpose he came into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. Crazy idea. He must love you like crazy. Because this is crazy. I don't know if this Christmas finds you on the sort of the anniversary of years and years of following Jesus, but if you've never realized how crazy he is about you. You need to embrace that. You need to accept. You need to understand that. You need to realize that God loves you. And this plan, this baby in a manger and man on a cross plan, is is shouting. If you've never realized or accepted or felt like this was for you, can I just tell you it was? It is the most foolish of all ideas. Unless it's the only choice. Because his people are flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood. Because his children were broken and sinful, he took on that brokenness and that sin. And finally broke through the veil of death that we might have eternal life. That's your gift this Christmas, and that's mine. Emmanuel, come with us. Come and see what God has done. Let's pray. Father God, we are astonished. I don't think any of us would have done what you did. 
taken the risk you took, made the decisions you made. We're too practical. We're too pragmatic. We're too worried. We're too afraid. We're too broken. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Has this celebration of your birth proceeds through tonight and tomorrow? Would you please be born in us again? That we might be born again in you. We pray that you would not just be with us on the exterior some way, but that you would be in us. That you would write on our hearts, Comforter, Prince of Peace, Counselor, Mighty God. That you would speak to the needs we feel in our heart tonight, today, through the night, and into tomorrow. As our family gathers around, messed up and broken as it is, as some of our families have missing pieces, we pray that you would be so real to us this Christmas that we would never be the same again. We pray for a transforming initiation of the Holy Spirit actually born in us and we born again. In Jesus' name, amen.